you know, working is something that um, we have to do. You know, it's, it's inevitable. Uh, if you're going to live, uh, you're going to work. And, you know, as Christians and as a church, you know, we're supposed to do all things, you know, as though we're doing them for God. And so it's, it's very important that we, that we have a mind to work and that we have um, a, a, um, a good work ethic and a mentality to work. I've done a lot of studying on Nehemiah lately, and I think that Nehemiah is, the book of Nehemiah is a really good place to go to learn about work. And um, this is an incredible, uh, these are incredible events that took place uh, about uh, 450 years before Jesus came. And um, it's just, it's a, it's a really good place, I think, that we can go and that we can uh, see not only, um, you know, inc- an incredible uh, situation where, where Nehemiah uh, and, and the Jews rebuilt the walls of the city of Jerusalem, but also to see how, what obstacles they faced, what challenges they faced, and how they overcame those challenges. And I think as Christians today, we can learn a lot from that, uh, that we can apply to ourselves and, and, and maybe even apply to the church here. And so I want to uh, talk about that this morning. Um, to kind of catch us up to where I want to get into uh, to the book of Nehemiah, uh, Nehemiah was the cupbearer for King Artaxerxes of the Persian Empire. So we have a similar situation uh, to kind of what you see. Uh, I like to, in my mind, I liken it to you know Esther, which was around the same time period where you had um, her being put in a special situation for possibly a, a special person to kind of paraphrase what Mordecai said to her in, in, in the 14th chapter of, of, uh, of Esther. But we have a similar situation here. So we have Nehemiah, who is the cupbearer uh, to King Artaxerxes, and he is put in a situation where he, you know, probably multiple times a day has access to the king. Um, but he is, you know, a Jew, and he is... Uh, a, a subject. The Persians uh, ruled everything at this time period. Uh, and um, the Jewish people, a lot of the Jewish people had been allowed to go back to Jerusalem. And so um, Nehemiah assumed, I think, that, you know, from the study I can tell, I see different things with different commentators, but uh, you know, he must have felt like the, the walls should have been rebuilt and there must have been a thriving uh, situation there in a society for the Jewish people, but there wasn't. And so he, he uh, comes into contact with some people who have information uh, about what's going on in Jerusalem, and he finds out that the, that the city is just in complete disarray. The, the, the walls of the city are rubble. Uh, it's been burned down. Uh, the people there that have, uh, the few people that have gone back to live there are in a, a constant state of distress. They can't really get anything going there. And when he hears about this, he is extremely upset. And he does what I think we as all Christians should do uh, when he hears this news and when he is faced with a problem in life and he takes it to God. So Nehemiah spends uh, a period of days uh, in uh, prayer and fasting 
and taking this problem that he faces because he so badly wants to do something for the people there and he so badly wants uh, God's people to have a safe place and a safe home where they can thrive, um, but that's not the case. And so he does this. He, he prays about it. He fasts about it. And then he goes, um, when he feels the time is right, when he feels that God uh, thinks that the time is right, he goes before the king and he says, uh, and of course, he's obviously upset, and the king asks him, you know, why he's so upset. So he tells him, you know, about, about Jerusalem and how, it, how that just make, really makes him upset and how he wished there was something he could do. And so the king, because he had developed this relationship with Nehemiah, because he was, uh, for whatever reason, put in this special situation where they would have this kind of contact with one another, uh, he says, okay, sure, I don't see anything wrong with that. Obviously, you're still going to be a subject to the Persian empire, but I would be okay with you going there, if this is going to make you happy, uh, with you going there and overseeing the work of rebuilding the walls of this city. And so, and that's kind of where we're going to pick up here. The king tells him, okay, you can go. And not only that, he writes a decree uh, that says that, you know, the city is to be rebuilt and that Nehemiah will be the one overseeing what's happening there. Okay? And that's going to take us in, start around chapter 2. If you're wanting to follow along, I will have my verses up here. Um, but if you, if you would like to follow along, I invite you to do that uh, right here. It's in uh, chapter 2. <clears throat> All right, so Nehemiah calls for the people to rebuild the city. The first thing he does when he gets back to the city is he um, inspects the damage. So at night, he kind of goes out, and he, he sees for himself what's going on, and he just sees the, the utter disarray that we have that is the city of Jerusalem. And after he does that, he goes to the rulers, and he, he calls for them to help. So in uh, chapter 2, uh, verses 17 and 18, and all of my verses up here will be in English standard, so if you see some discrepancies, that's probably why. Um, starting verse 17, it says, Then I said to them, You see the trouble we are in, how Jerusalem lies in ruins with its gates burned? Come, let us build the walls of Jerusalem that we may no longer suffer derision. And I told them of the hand of my God that had been upon me for good, and also of the words that the king had spoken to me. And they said, Let us rise up and build. And so they strengthened their hands for the good work. And so now, Nehemiah has, he's always had God's support, but he's got the king's support, and now he has the support of the people. <clears throat> and so they, they're excited. They're like, we're going to do this. God, this is what God wants. This is a good work. Let's strengthen our hands, and let's do this. But, as often happens in life, we come across some challenges. And I'm not uh, real sure how to pronounce uh, this first name here, but I'm going to say it a certain way, and we'll, we'll all pretend that it's right. Um, in chapter 2, verses 19 and 20, it says, But when Sanballat, the Horonite, and Tobiah, the Ammonite servant, and Geshem, the Arab, heard of it, they jeered us and despised us and said, What is this thing that you are doing? Are you rebelling against the king? So, of course, the surrounding people right there that have been the cause of why the, the Jewish people haven't been able to get a, 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 any kind of legitimate society going on here ever since they've been allowed to return back, um, 
they're mad. They're like, surely you're going against the king. You're rebelling against the king. Uh, but, of course, we know that Nehemiah uh, had, um, had the permission of the king. And in verse 20, we see Nehemiah's reply. He says, Then I replied to them, The God of heaven will make us prosper, and we, his servants, will arise and build. But you have no portion or right or claim in Jerusalem. And um, you'll kind of see as we go through, as I go through my lesson today, I just love the way that Nehemiah replies to, to the, the difficult situations that they, that they run into. Uh, but Nehemiah says, The God of heaven will make us prosper, and we, his servants, will arise and build. And I think that right there shows you uh, the concept that Caleb read for us a few minutes ago, that these people had a mind to work, and that they were wanting to do God's will. But, as is the case in life, we have um, problems. We're going to have a situation here where uh, the people face mockery. We've already seen it some um, with what we... with the passage that I just read where they uh, were having, um, you know, being questioned by the surrounding people. <clears throat> In chapter 4, verses uh, 1 through 3, or 1 through 6, we see the discussion here about how they face mockery. Um, starting in verse 4, or in chapter 4, verse 1, it reads, Now when Sanballat... Uh, heard that we were building the wall, he was angry and greatly enraged, and he jeered at the Jews. He said in the presence of his brothers and of the army of Samaria, what are these feeble Jews doing? Will they restore it for themselves? Will they sacrifice? Will they finish it up in a day? Will they revive the stones out of the heaps of rubbish and burned ones at that? And so what what we kind of need to understand here is that not only are these people mocking the Jews, but they're mocking their God as well. They're like, is their God going to help them do this? Are they going to sacrifice? Is that what's going to cause them to be successful in this foolish endeavor? They're, you know, right now they're kind of sitting back and they're like, this is, this is pathetic. Uh, it goes on to read, it says, Tobiah the Ammonite was beside him, uh, and he said, what are they building? If a fox goes up on it, he will break down their stone wall. So they really just have no respect at all for these people or for their God. But Nehemiah and the people, they turn to God for strength. So again, I think you'll start to see this this habit here. Everything goes to God first. Whenever they're faced with something, Nehemiah takes it straight to God. In verses 4 through 6, it reads, Hear, O our God, for we are despised. Turn back their taunt on their own heads and give them up to be plundered in a land where they are captives. Do not cover their guilt, and let not their sin be blotted out from your sight, for they have provoked you to anger in the presence of the builders. So this is alluding to the fact that that they were insulting God, as well as these people. And then he says in verse 6, So we built the wall, and all of the wall was joined together to half its height, for the people had a mind to work. We as Christians today have to have a mind to work. We should be looking for things that we can do, uh, and we have to have a mind to work. And we can't let what outside people think affect what we do. And I think that's something that's very applicable to us today. 
Uh, these people had a mind to work. They were able to block out this outside noise and this jeering and roll up their sleeves and dig in and get to work. And I think that's a, a wonderful example uh, that we could apply today. <clears throat> they also faced rubble. Um, in this case, when you're talking about Jerusalem, obviously we're talking about literal rubble, stones, broken down walls and buildings uh, that have been burned, broke, smashed into pieces, uh, just rubble. Um, now, the, the church today, we may not face literal rubble, although I'm sure there are uh, some, some churches with a hurricane and everything like that that might be dealing with actual rubble. But we also have, uh, you know, today, any, any kind of clutter, any kind of thing that we allow to distract us um, from what we should be doing, uh, it, you know, is our figurative rubble. In uh, chapter 4, verse 2, it says, uh, it, it alluded to this earlier, it says, well, they revived the stones out of the heaps of rubbish and burned ones at that. So, I mean, it, it's alluding right there to the, just the sheer amount of work and extra uh, rubble that they had to clear out before they could build. And in verse 10 of chapter 4, it says, uh, in Judah, it was said, the strength of those who bear the burdens is failing. There is too much rubble. By ourselves, we cannot be able to rebuild the wall. But of course, we know uh, they were not by themselves. They had God with them. And uh, we'll see that they will succeed uh, in building these walls. Uh, another major thing that, that was an obstacle to um, Nehemiah and to the Jews at this time was violence. In chapter 4, verses 7 through 23, we see several examples of this, and I'll highlight a few of these here. Uh, starting in verse 7, it says, But when Sanballat and Tobiah, the Arabs, uh, and the Arabs and the Ammonites and the Ashdenites heard that the repairing of the walls of Jerusalem was going forward, and that the breaches were beginning to be closed, they were very angry, and they plotted together to come and fight against Jerusalem and to cause confusion in it. And notice right here, again, always going to God first. And we prayed to our God and set a guard as protection against them day and night. So now we have a situation where you've got workers and soldiers and people that are both at the same time uh, working to try to keep everybody safe because they've got surrounding peoples, more of this outside threat coming in, uh, threatening their, their lives at this point. Verse 11 of chapter 4 says, And our enemy said, They will not know or see till we come among them and kill them and stop the work. At the same time, the Jews who lived near them came from all directions and said to us ten times, you must return to us. So now, we not only have surrounding armies that, that Nehemiah and that the Jews are dealing with, but we also have other Jews that are from this area around here, not actively involved with, what, with the work that's happening right here, but they're coming and they're telling them, guys, you are going to die. You've got to get out of here. You need to come and go somewhere else. You know, So they've got, they've got that kind of... Uh, outside noise coming in, trying to throw off their mindset. 
But again, we have Nehemiah's response to this situation. And I looked and arose and said to the nobles and to the officials and to the rest of the people, Do not be afraid of them. Remember the Lord, who is great and awesome. And fight for your brothers and your sons and your daughters, your wives and your homes. I just love that. I love the way Nehemiah responds to these situations. Do not be afraid of them. Remember the Lord, who is great and awesome. He goes on in verse 19, it says, And I told the nobles and to the officials and the rest of the people, The work is great and widely spread, and we are separated on the wall far from one another. In the place where you hear the sound of the trumpet rally to us there, our God will fight for us. So he had set up a system to where, because they were spread thinly along the wall, they could blow a horn. Everybody was to go to where um, the sound was so that they could fight. But I love his response. Do not be afraid of them. Remember the Lord, who is great and awesome, and our God will fight for us. You know, if we had, obviously today we're, we're not facing violence. Um, hopefully not. Um, but still, that type of mindset and mentality, that if we had, you know, if we remember our, our Lord, who is great and awesome, and know that he is going to fight for us, then our obstacles and our issues should seem much smaller, and it should allow us to put things into perspective. <clears throat> they also faced inter, uh, str- uh, struggles from within, internal strife, uh, which is another thing that we see sometimes. So up to this point, we've had the city of Jerusalem. They're trying to rebuild the walls. They're trying to build this safe haven for themselves to protect against the outside forces. Um, And now it's getting to the point to where one thing is leading to another. These external threats, these external fears uh, are still going on. But now we start to have the the interior struggles as well within the walls. Uh, We see it in verse 1 of chapter 5. It says, Now there arose a great outcry of the people and of their wives against their Jewish brothers. And so basically what we have going on here, we have a situation where um, people are positioning themselves for financial gain off of the terrible situation that these people are in. So now we have uh, some of the Jewish people here that are um, buying up land, that people are being forced to mortgage off to try to feed their families and to try to, uh, to support the workers on the walls and the soldiers and all these different types of things. And so we have a situation where people are getting upset with each other. People are losing everything, and some people are becoming extremely rich from it. And obviously, it's, it, it causes a lot of issues. Um, verses 5 through 7, or 7 through 9 of chapter 5 says... I took counsel with myself, and I brought charges against the nobles and the officials, and I said to them, You are exacting interest each from his brother. We, as far as we are able, have bought back our Jewish brothers who have been sold to the nations, but you even sell your brothers that they may be sold to us. So he's saying, we're not that far removed from slavery here, and... And you're trying to enslave each other, essentially, is what he's charging these people with. And it says, they were silent 
and could not find a word to say. But Nehemiah didn't stop there. He said, verse 9, So I said, The thing you are doing is not good. Ought you not walk in the fear of our God to prevent the taunts of the nations of our enemies? Um, you know, if we're walking with a healthy respect of God, you know, we, we shouldn't have these types of issues. But, of course, you know, we're people, and, and, and this thing, these things happen. It's, it's human nature. Um, a couple of things I, I learned from this when I was studying. Uh, obviously, this was a small portion of this 12 years, but uh, Nehemiah was governor for 12 years uh, of the area here of Jerusalem. And he said, uh, it says, Nehemiah never took a salary, ate from the food rations, uh, meant for the people, or bought any land, uh, so he didn't further himself financially um, from, for the work that he was doing for the people here. He also, uh, from what I, I could read from different commentators and things like that, said that he also fed around 150 people per day you know, from his own table out of his own means. Um, and in verse 19, he says, Remember for my good, O my God, all that I have done for this people. See, Nehemiah wasn't trying to gain favor in the sight of the people. He wasn't trying to gain uh, to get ahead in like a, a financial sense or in a power sense, he, he knew that the things that he was doing, he wanted to do God's will. He wanted to gain favor with God, and, and the things that he was doing, he wanted, uh, he wanted God's favor with, and that, that was his main concern. Um, but he definitely put a stop to this inner turmoil among the people. Nehemiah also faced deception. Uh, we see this in chapter 6, uh, verses 1 through 4. Now when Sanballat and Tobiah and Geshem the Arab and the rest of our enemies heard that I had built the wall and that there was no breach uh, left in it, although up to that time I had not set up the doors to the gates, uh, Sanballat and Geshem sent to me saying, Come and let us meet together at Hakephirim in the plain of Ono. But they intended to do me harm. So now, mockery hasn't worked. The rubble wasn't too much. Violence, the threat of violence wasn't enough. The internal str uh, struggles that they were causing weren't enough. Uh, and now, so now the people around them are turning to trying to to trick. He sent his servant uh, to me with an open letter in his hand. In it was written, it is reported among the nations, and Geshem also says it, which is a big surprise. He's, he's been saying stuff this whole time, but he, he supports this theory. Uh, and Geshem also says it, that you and the Jews intend to rebel, and that is why you are building the wall. And according to these reports, you wish to become their king, and you have also set up prophets to proclaim concerning you in Jerusalem. There is a king in Judah, and now the king will hear uh, these reports. So now come and let us take counsel together. So basically they're saying, we have proof that you are trying to set yourself up as a king, and you're trying to defy uh, the Persian Empire. But... 
Um, we have Nehemiah's response starting in verse 8. Then I sent to them saying, No such things as you say have been done, for you are inventing them out of your own mind. For they all wanted to frighten us, thinking their hands will drop from the work and it will not be done. But now, O God, strengthen my hands. And I, you know, just his response here. Strengthen, but now, O God, strengthen my hands. Uh, If we were, when we're faced with things in life, with maybe the amount of work that we have to do or or whatever it is, internal struggles, uh, external struggles, uh, if, if we had this kind of workman's mindset, a mind to work, uh, and we were constantly taking things to God, um, you know, we would, we would be able to do amazing things. And then we see that the wall is finished. In Nehemiah uh, chapter 6, verses 15 and 16, So the wall was finished... On the 25th day of the month of Elul, in 52 days. And when all our enemies had heard of it, all the nations around us were afraid and fell greatly in their own esteem. For they perceived that this work had been accomplished with the help of our God. So it only took them 52 days to rebuild the walls of this entire city which is an amazing feat in and of itself, probably today with modern machinery and things like that. Uh, But they didn't have that. And on top of that, they had all these different obstacles that we just discussed going against them uh, to to try and and stamp out the work that they were doing. But I think we have a lot of lessons that we can learn from Nehemiah and from the, uh, the Jewish people here. Learning from Nehemiah, let us take everything to God first before we act. I think that's, I mean, I think that's just number one. That's paramount right there. Learning from Nehemiah, let us have a mind to work. Let us clear the rubble out of our way. Let us remember the Lord who is great and awesome and that he will fight for us. And let us ask God to strengthen our hands as we continue to do his work. You know, the, the children, or the, you know, God's people here, they accomplished this great feat because of two things. They had God's support and they worked together. And I just think that that's, you know, that's a wonderful thing. And that's why we have a church family so that we can work together, so that we can support one another, we can pick each other up when we fall, um, and so that we can just be that support for each other. And that's what we would like to do this morning. If you have a need in your life, if you've um, let some, some clutter in your life, if you have um, you know, other things outside, uh, internal struggles, external struggles, uh, you know, let us help you with that. Let us share in that burden, and um, if you would, please uh, come down to the front and, um, and let, us, let us help you out as uh, we stand and sing.